It's not you. It's the system, man. The system. You you hear people talk about the system all the time, and they blame the system for this, and they blame the system for that. And it is. It is absolutely the system. I was watching the New England Patriots. They're one of my favorite teams. They're they're that that they're an NFL football team that people love to hate and hate to love. Uh, and I've always been a huge fan, also of Tom Brady. Um, I love the fact that uh, he's in his forties and still playing because I'm forty three, and uh, it makes me feel good to see that he's out there still mobile. And he's one of our the greatest quarterbacks of all time. How many, wait, how many rings does Tom Brady have? Uh, he, all right, over his career, Tom Brady has won three league MVP awards, six Super Bowls, and four Super Bowl MVP awards. He's a four-time pro bowler. Uh, Brady has also twice led the NFL in passing yardage. Now, you're like, Leah, why are you bringing this up? Why do we care? We don't care about football. I mean, some of you do, but not everybody. Uh, we don't care about Tom Brady, right? We got bigger things to, to crunch. Um, and I bring that up because Tom Brady, with all of these accolades, you go, this guy is the greatest. He is the best. He's amazing. And uh, the team couldn't do it without him. And then he gets hurt. I forget. It was a couple years ago. I remember the game like it was yesterday, but not really because I can't even tell you the team that the New England Patriots were playing uh, or the circumstances. But uh, Tom Brady got hurt towards the end of the game, and, uh, and they were down. They were down like two or three touchdowns. And they put in a backup quarterback. And the backup quarterback marches the New England Patriots down the field and they score a touchdown. And then they get back out there and he marches them down again. They score another touchdown. And the Patriots end up winning the game. And you go, that's a fluke. It's only, you know, these things happen. And then the next game, Brady also couldn't play once again. The backup quarterback was in there for, I think, three more games and won all three. And the backup quarterback is not this great quarterback. You look at him, he wasn't doing anything amazing. Um, and then you realize it's the system. The system that the New England Patriots have in place is so remarkable and well honed that you almost could put anybody in there at quarterback and make them the uh the the th the league MVP uh three times, the six time Pro Bowler, the four time Super Bowl MVP and fourteen time Pro Bowl. Like that could have been Maybe 80% of the quarterbacks, they plug into the system. Now, some of you football heads out there would be like, nah, not possible. 
but stay with me. So that's evidence one, right? I also look at the um heck, what was I what was I thinking about? The the um uh, the uh not slavery system, but when you look at these companies that have been too big to fail, the Enrons when we had that huge recession, um, and what they meant was it wasn't it wasn't so much about the companies themselves, right? It was the fact that the Enrons and well, I think they they took Enron down, but a lot of these banks were are so entrenched in our system that in our economic system, in our political systems, in our uh, in just our daily lives in ways that we're not even aware of, right? That if we remove those parts from our system, that everything around it would collapse. They're all, the banks are almost like joints, right? Like if I... Took if I took out your knee joint and your elbow joint and your hip joint, like, like you like your your body would would it wouldn't matter how strong your muscles were, or how well you ate or anything like that. Like your joints are missing, you are rendered immobile. You're not gonna move forward or backwards. You're just gonna slowly and I say I say slowly, but probably very quickly decay. It's a it's like a paralysis. Right, it would paralyze the uh, economy to remove those things, and that's how important the system is. And when you have a really great system in place, there are things that you need. The last case in point, and then I'll, I'll get to um, the bigger picture of why I'm why I'm even bringing this up. Um, when they look at CEOs of these major corporations, now, when a corporation does very well, uh, uh, Apple, um, you know, uh, Microsoft, all these top companies, the CEOs are interchangeable. Even though the CEOs get a lot of credit for the success of the company at the time, uh, it's they're really just a face for the company because these companies that are too big to fail are so massive and have such a strong systems in place, such great have strong knee joints and uh, ligaments and, and elbow joints that you could almost have anybody in there at CEO and things would um, and nothing really changes. You know, uh, the the stock might go up or down a little bit depending on who they put in there and, and what that person's history is and what the excitement and buzz is. But overall, the company is going to do what the company was already doing. I mean, you even look at, like, the, the president, right? Like, you have, we've had uh, Clinton and Barack and, uh, Trump, we have all these different presidents, and th they, yes, they make changes, they uh, have laws that they put in place that affect people. However, overall, there's already 
a system in place that, like, because there's stuff that the president can't even be told, right? Like, there are, like, these covert black ops, et cetera, et cetera, that they can't tell the president. Like, he doesn't have that clearance because there's a system in place and there are things that are going to take place whether no matter who's in charge, right? That's why it's, it's, a, it's such a challenge for uh, presidents to get some, uh, to get different bills passed because we have uh, a government system in place of checks and balances, but they go even beyond that. There are, there's a Netflix uh, documentary called The Family, and they talk about how there's this family that influences elections and and how the, the, the government works and how the world works and things like that. So there are these systems in place um, that trump the individual. And you go, Leo, all right, why are we talking about systems, right? Um, I bring it up because, and so first of all, uh, let's define what a system is. A system is a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. Now, I bring up this talk about systems because a lot of us feel like whatever is happening in our life is because of us directly. Like whatever success you have is directly correlated with yourself. Whatever failure you have, you you put that on your shoulders. And I'm challenging you I'm I'm imploring you to look at your system, to look at a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. Look at your system. Look at the different parts of your life. Look at the, the people in your life who you're working with. Look at who you're interconnecting with. Look at your full system. Look at the school system. Look at your work system. Look at the system you have at home. All, all that is an interconnecting network. And see what you can do, what system needs to be, what part of the system needs to be tweaked or modified or uh, eliminated uh, so that you can get a more efficient running system, right? If you look at your digestive system. I love to eat. I'm a big eater. Uh, Oreos, uh, uh, cake, ice cream. I love a huge sweet tooth. I'm constantly putting stuff into my system that uh, it, it hates. I get bloated, gassy. I get congested. Um, but to me, when I think about the digestive system, I'm fascinated, right? Because it's something that just happens. That's the beauty of a system is that the, the system is going to happen no matter what I eat. When I eat something, it's going to go into my mouth and then into my esophagus and then into my stomach from there to the small intestine, to the liver, then the large intestine, which then, you know, is then you have your colon, your colon your rectum, 
and then uh, where where it holds the fecal matter, the rectum is like like a big warehouse for all the everything that you ate that your body's ready to get rid of, and then it is pushed out through the anus, right? All that happens automatically. That's the system. If any part of that system doesn't work, you know, your liver, you know, people who drink, uh, they it's a, they destroy the liver, and, and that's part of your system. So then if, if, you, if you destroy your liver, well, what comes after the liver? Your large intestine, your colon, your rectum, your anus. So you're, that means then you're not able to expel or release the things that you're putting in your body because your liver is jacked up. Or um, in some people, they have, uh, like smokers, they have a narrow, it jacks up their esophagus. It, it constricts it so then food can't get through there. And, and then, you, you know, you have to drink liquids, um, small intestine, stomach. So your, your stomach, if you're eating a lot of uh, acidic foods or uh, processed foods, things that start to tear out your interior lining, then uh, the acid that your, your stomach produces to digest the food, you know, breaks through your, your stomach walls, your stomach walls, I guess. Um, and then leaks out into your your other systems, causing uh, a wreaking havoc, right? That's and that's when you get the ulcer, right? So your body has your digestive system, your cardiovascular system has all these different systems in place, and they function no matter what. And that's how I want you to think about your life is like what are what is the system that is in place and then what do you need to change and why is this important because your mood right there's some days where you feel great there's some days where you feel like crap some days you want to get out of bed some days you don't my question is have you looked at your your system for what gets you out of bed? There, there are mornings where I don't want to get out of bed. I get that. But I have a system in place. And my, my system is that like I get out, get out of bed. Uh, I work for two hours. If I don't have a client, uh, I work for two hours. And then after that two hours, I go for a walk. And then I come back. And then I meditate. And then I read. And then I get, uh, and then I do some more work. So right now, this podcast is my more work because I'm I'm doing this uh, at like ten thirty. It's Labor Day weekend, people. Labor Day weekend. Um, but the people in your life also comprise of your system. The people that you work with, your coworkers, your boss, um, and they all affect your mood and how you feel about yourself. And, and what you're getting done, right? Um, your, your job, your school, all these, the bus system, the bus runs on a system. So look at your system, beginning, middle, end. Now, one of the questions people will ask, what's the difference between a habit, a routine, 
and a system. Now, a habit is something you do automatically without thinking, like reading, checking your phone, smoking a cigarette, uh, playing with your hair, uh, uh, maybe even go to the gym. That could be a habit, right? Uh, it's something you do automatically without thinking, and it's just a behavior. It's just one behavior. Like, um, I have a habit of saying, um, <laughs> that's my habit. Now, a routine is a set of behaviors. So a habit is a behavior. A routine is a set of behaviors in a particular order, frequently done, but not automatically, right? Now, so uh, like I have my morning routine, I have my bedtime routine. It's not always done automatically, but it is frequently done, right? And, you know, I've talked to you guys about my morning routine of germs, journal, exercise, read, meditate. Um, and I, 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 uh, I instill some of that at bedtime also, uh, where I journal a little bit. I just take notes of the day of what worked, what didn't work. Uh, I don't necessarily exercise at night, but, excuse me, I do um, uh, stretches. I do uh, a bunch of hip and shoulder mobility exercises before bed because uh, I'm always uh, sitting and uh, or I just feel like I'm always sitting. And then I read something. Um, right now I'm reading Letting Go. And then uh, I meditate a little bit and not a lot of it, just a little bit, maybe a minute or two. But like today I did 20 minutes, but that was early in the day. And then I'll probably do like a, a quick little uh, meditation before bed. And, um, and that's it. So we have our habits, which is a behavior. You have your routine, which is a set of behaviors. And then a system is something that is outcome-based, right? It's a series of events. So um, I was reading about, uh, what's his name? James Patterson. James Patterson, very prolific writer. James Patterson, how many books has this guy, James Patterson, written? Uh, I'm a huge fan of his, even though I don't read a lot of his books. And I want to get back into reading his books. Uh, books, all right. How many books has this guy written? James Patterson. Uh, how many books has James Patterson published? James Patterson has written 147 novels since 1976. Now, I was born in 1976, so I feel like I'm a little behind the curb. Now, granted, 1976, he wasn't born He because uh, he's 67 right now. He has had 114 New York Times best-selling novels and holds the New York Times record for most number one New York Times bestsellers by a single author, a total of 67, which is also a Guinness World Record. Now, what, oh, no, he is, uh, oh, he's 72 years old. And what's great is I watched him explain his system, uh, I think it was like 2020 or one of those things, where he starts, he actually writes like four or five books at a time. 
And what he does is he, because he, he's figured out the formula for writing a book, right? So he has a formula for writing a book, and and he'll so he'll basically write out the outline of the book, and his formula is so tight that then he hires someone else to fill in the blanks of the outline for the book, and then he goes back through, does a reread, does some touch-ups, some edits, and boom, puts the books out. So if you read a James Patterson novel, you'll notice that they have a formula. It's just like um, Grey's Anatomy, which is on ABC. They have, uh, I don't know how many, oh, 16 seasons, Grey's Anatomy. And every show is a formula, right? If you watch, it's like happy, like every scene. Watch If you watch Grey's Anatomy, which uh, I watched like the first few seasons, don't judge me, um, Every other episode is a happy, uh, happy, or every other scene is happy and then sad. Happy, dramatic, happy, dramatic, happy. Like they know how to tug on those heartstrings. Um, like one scene will be, um, you know, friends having drinks and, and laughing and, and having a good time. And the next scene will be like some little boy, uh, you know, dying from cancer. And then the next scene will be like maybe a lovemaking scene. Then the next scene, will be uh, a woman uh, giving birth to a baby. Like, like they just go back and forth and they do a great job and they figured out the formula. And so uh, Rhonda, Shonda Rhimes, like she has a system. She's, she's able to be that prolific, just like the New England Patriots, just like your body, it has a system. And so when you think about your depression, when you think about your feelings of loneliness, remember, all that stuff is produced based on your system, based on what you're putting in your body, right? Because we know that food does affect how we feel, which is uh, why I am um, uh, intermittent fasting. So I stop eating at 8 p.m. and then I go until 10 a.m. Uh, the next day. And, and intermittent fasting is the best thing to do. And only drink water. No tea, no coffee, nothing else. Uh, and, and if you can't do as 14 hours, you can't do 14, just try 12. And I'm always, gonna, I'm always talking about intermittent fasting. I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, try 12, 8 to 8. You should be able to do that because you're sleeping for like 8 to 9 of those hours anyway. But no coffee, no tea, uh, no pill, nothing. Nothing in your system for uh, at least 12 hours and see how you feel and check in with yourself and then slowly, gradually build up to 14. There have been days where I've gone up to 16. But that is because when you look at your digestive system, your digestive system, it functions greatly when you're well hydrated and you are eating a lot of fiber. Because remember, the whole point of your digestive system is to take in food, move it through your body, and then shoot out what isn't needed, right? Uh, absorb what is needed and then shoot out what isn't needed, right? 
And so in your life, when you think about uh, uh, your depression or loneliness or your mood swings and things like that, ask yourself, are you taking in things that allow you to process things efficiently, to process your emotions efficiently, like going for a walk, uh, uh, sitting in a sauna, journaling? Um, are Are you struggling in your day? And all right, so you guys are like, what do you mean struggling? So let's go back to digestive system uh, as a reference again, right? In order for you to be able to digest food, it actually creates, it requires kind of a, a violent act. Like you're chewing food. You're, you're chopping something down. You're breaking it down in a, into bite-sized mor- uh, morsels. It goes into your esophagus, into your stomach, and then... Your stomach creates this acid. It's almost like a volcanic eruption to really to complete the breaking down of the food to send it uh, through the other parts. Now, um, in life, there's this book called Letting Go. And it talked about the difference between happiness and meaning, right? So happiness has to do with being present right now. So if you want to be happy, if you're not happy this this second, just meditate, just uh, uh, breathe, do some breath work, um, let everything go, shut everything down, cut off your TV, your cell phone, cut off this podcast, just stop doing everything, just shut down and, and let the sandstorm pass. If you haven't listened to my episode about sandstorms, check that out, uh, it was, it's, people love that episode. Um, and uh, reference it all the time, but it is is talking about uh, dealing with emotions. Um, So if you want to be happy, then be present. Put your cell phone away, get off Instagram, get off social media, shut everything down, right? If you want meaning in your life and and you you feel like you don't have meaning, you don't have purpose, it requires you to struggle. Now, when we talk about meaning in life, we usually think about positive things, uh, marriage, uh, childbirth, um, uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have other examples, but, but really a meaning refers to intensity of emotions. So every day you want to do something that uh, it, it is intense to give your day some meaning, whether it's a, an intense workout, an intense, uh, 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 maybe you have a job that requires intensity, like you know people who are in, who, who do surgery or construction, maybe that's super intense. Um, but something that is either mentally or emotionally or physically intense, that gives you meaning. That's why crossword puzzles are so great, right? And because it, it requires a level of focus and intensity because you have to figure out the word and figure out the connections and things like that is really great for your mind, right? Uh, these HIT workouts, these P90X, these P45s, those are great for your body. There's a way to find meaning and intensity uh, physically. There's a way to find it 
emotionally by being vulnerable or performing in front of people or, or asking your boss for a raise. It's through pain and suffering or intensity, whether it's uh, an intense joy of, 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 of getting married or being on a roller coaster or, in, or uh, even skydiving or, or, or cliff jumping or intense uh, pain um, that comes from pushing yourself in a gym or uh, hiking, um, uh, you know, uh, starting a business, you know, like starting a business is that, that requires so much energy and effort or raising a, a child, you know, when you have a baby to take care of and, um, you know, you don't know what the cries mean. You're like, does this cry mean that they're hungry, that they're sick? What is this cry? Especially if it's your first baby, you don't know, uh, you don't know anything that's going on. Hmm. So uh, my point is, is that your your system requires you to go deep and figure out what needs to be added or changed. It's not just you, right? It's not you, the person. We, we read all these self-help books that make you feel like you the person, and it's like no, you you're nine times out of ten you're you're fine. It's uh, either you don't have the right people in place, uh, you're not connected to the right things or resources. All these things are very important to how well your system functions, right? Um, I personally. I have a system of uh, of writing right now where I get up, like I said, and I write and uh, for two hours and then I work out and then I come back and then I'm going to, uh, after I do the podcast, I'm going to go do a, a, take another walk, go work out and then come back and then do some more writing. And, and that's my system. And then I have people that I work with also, you know, people that I've hired to get certain things done. They are all part of my system and people that I reach out to and get advice from and uh, companies that I work with. So all these are part of my system. So if I feel a little off, I have to ask myself, wait, did I do everything? Did I do my best to, to be 100%? And then if that answer is yes, then I have to start looking at, I have to do a systems check, right? Check, check this, you know, check in with this person. Hey, what are you doing? Make sure that they are functioning right. Did you, did you send out the emails? Did you make the phone calls? Did you ABC? Uh, and then, you know, send out some emails to some other people. Call these people. Hey, are we still on board for this and that? Uh, what's the feedback? What's the progress? Blah, blah, blah. Your system is the most important thing that you should put in place and think about because it, it, it ties into having a strategy. It ties into knowing the big picture is and it keeps you on track. Your goal is to be too big to fail. Too big to fail. So that if you get sick, like Tom Brady got injured, the system continues to run. Everything doesn't collapse. 
If you get a divorce, your whole world doesn't collapse. If you lose your job, your whole world doesn't collapse. A lot of people have a job, and it's great, but we live in a society now where you can't just have one job. You need a backup system, right? If you don't have a backup system, a backup job, a backup hobby, a backup, if you're not generating some passive income on the side, then you're leaving yourself extremely vulnerable. The banks are all backed up. My money is in a bank, right? So the, the, if the bank gets robbed, then the bank is backed up to cover the money, to cover my money that was stolen by, right, by the insurance companies. And then the insurance companies are backed up by whoever. Like there's a system in place. So that's what I want to leave you guys with today. Um, look at your system. Look at the people that you're connected with, that you're reaching out to. Are there more people that you need to get in to build your system? Are there companies you need to get involved? Are there, you know, are there questions you need to ask? Uh, what's your, you know, even talking about your workout, talking about trying to get things done. The whole point of a system is so that you're getting things done and you're seeing progress, right? A habit is not that. A habit is just this thing you do, right? And a, and a routine is, is something you do to stay on track. But a system is outcome dependent. So if you feel like you're not, if you're not winning championships, if you're not getting the Super Bowl MVP, then I encourage you to look at your system. That's today's podcast. Uh, I thank you all for tuning in. Um, next, uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about the end of an era. It's Labor Day. Happy Labor Day weekend. Um, is there anything else that I want to leave you guys with? Um, oh, uh, so what I'm reading right now, like I said, I'm, I'm reading Letting Go. And I do, I want to read you something from this book, Letting Go, uh, about love, right? I'm going to leave you, that's what I'm going to leave you with, right? Uh, love, joy, and pain, uh, sunshine, and rain, uh, 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 the All right, so this is from the book Letting Go. The more we love, the more we can love. Love is limitless. Love begets love. This is why psychiatrists recommend having a pet. A dog, for example, brings love and expands love in the heart of the owner. Love prolongs life. In fact, research documents that having a dog extends the owner's life by 10 years. Just think of all the bizarre exercises, diets, and other regimens that people go through to add relatively small amounts of time onto their life when they can simply get a dog and add 10 years. Love has a powerful anabolic effect. Love increases endorphins, which are life-enhancing hormones. You live 10 years longer with a dog in your life because a pet dog catalyzes the energy of love, and that energy of love heals and prolongs life. So I want to leave you with that little love. I'm not saying get a dog. You ain't got, I don't even have a dog. Uh, my roommate has three dogs, 
and my clients have dogs. And the in those households, there's just so much energy that a dog brings in. And if you have dogs and kids, like that's tons of energy um, that that you're imbuing, tons of love that that you're surrounded with. If a, if a dog is too much, get a plant. Just have something. Have something in your house that you have to love and nurture and take care of to get you out of your head and out and out of thinking about you all the time, right? Have plants, have, have some life, have something that is dependent on you, uh, life, life and death, whether it's a fish or a dog, but have something that you can love and uh, that makes you feel loved back. Um, and once again, this episode is not a, uh, it's not a substitute for you going to get help, for you going to get therapy. Um, you know, call that 1-800-SUICIDE. And um, I think they're going to change that to 988. Uh, there's a bunch of online chats. There's uh, text to chat. I myself, I admittedly still don't have a, a therapist that I'm talking to. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't go do it. Go do it. Get one. Um, even if you just meet with them once a month. You know, it doesn't have to be this, this every week thing. It could be a check-in. It could be every three months, just like your dentist. You know, schedule all that in the same day. Schedule your dentist and therapist. You could do it every six months. <laughs> schedule your dentist appointment and your therapy appointment on the same day. Just, just get all those uh, things knocked out at once. And, uh, and see what happens. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with me. And uh, I hope that you are taking care of yourself, drinking plenty of water, uh, exercising, getting that vitamin D, go outside, uh, read, read, read something that nourishes your soul. Read something that, uh, that feeds you. My favorite new album right now that I'm listening to is uh, Jadena. It's uh, 85 to, wait, what, what, what is this thing called? 85, come on, recently played, is it not there? Oh, oh 85 to Africa by Jadena. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, such a great album. I love that, that album. And then I'm also watching, what am I watching? I'm still watching Succession. I love that show. Uh, I love all the characters. There, I, I don't say love is the word, but I'm just I'm fascinated by all of them. There, I'm intrigued uh, by every single one. It's on HBO, and then um, I want to watch. Oh wait, what documentary? I Man, I just watched a documentary on Netflix. I can't remember what it was because I want to watch Mindhunters. However, I think I'm I'm doing so good with like my daily routines and my habits and the reading and I just really been doing a great job of nourishing myself that I don't have space for a show like Mine Hunters right now. I watched the first 5 minutes of uh season 2 and it was way too much. It was it was too intense. I was like, I had I had to cut it off. 
I um I like I like I'm I'm back into watching comedies again and um and things are the informative. Oh, Our Planet uh on Netflix, which is uh, a docu-series about the earth and how it's formed. It's really riveting and really engaging. I learned so much uh watching that show. Our Planet on Netflix. Uh check that out. So yeah, everything that I'm watching right now is either uh dramatic or comedic. Uh, I just watched, I saw the movie um, Masterminds that that was funny, surprisingly, and is based on a true story. It's about a bank heist that uh, uh, some uh, some Southerners uh, pulled, some Southern rednecks pulled off, and it was one of the biggest, uh, not a bank, but a heist. It was like one of the biggest heists. So uh, check those out, uh, and I will talk to you all soon. Adios.